Thanks. We're missing our, our sound, sound person. Well, good morning. I want to welcome everyone to Parkway Hills United Methodist Church, an inclusive and mission-minded congregation I'm committed to welcome, grow, serve, and celebrate together. And it is a joy um, to be in this space with you. So we had a, a meeting with our leadership team, and I reached out to several of our doctors to kind of give that next step in our safety update. Um, so you'll see there are signs that reminding you that in the building while indoors, masks are required for everyone regardless of vaccination status. But having talked to some of our doctors, um, they feel two things. If you feel like you are sufficiently spaced from other households, um, you may remove, and you are fully vaccinated, uh, you may remove your mask in worship, except when we're singing. So leadership and Dr. Light said singing calls more of a risk, so we will, you can either wear it until we get through that first hymn and then take it off and then put it back on when we get ready to sing that last hymn. You can leave it on if you feel more comfortable doing so. Again, separation is also kind of key, so if you are sufficiently spaced, and you are fully vaccinated and feel comfortable doing so, um, you can remove your mask. Um, some of the doctors also wanted me to stress, uh, boosters are available, so they hope you are speaking to your own medical professional about that um, and being in conversation with your doctor about if that is the right choice for you. And we are so close to our kids, um, five and up, being able to receive a vaccine. So that'll shift some of this as well because we still are a congregation of people mixed who are not yet eligible for the vaccination. So I hope all that made sense. We're still requiring them indoors as we move around in worship. And if we're not singing and you feel like you are sufficiently spaced and you are fully vaccinated, you're welcome to remove your mask while seated. Obviously, if you're not fully vaccinated um, or you're around our kids and youth who cannot be vaccinated, we ask you to continue to wear your mask. So that's our most recent safety update. And we'll keep reminding you about that as we go on and we will continue to walk this journey together. Some other announcements. We have started back Wednesday night. It does look different. We gather on the lawn when the weather is nice to do so. Tables are up. You can bring your own brown bag dinner. Uh, if chair if you have one. If not, we have some chairs out there. Um, last week was our intergenerational table talk time. And just to give you an example, you missed out if you weren't at my table because one of the questions was, what is the most beautiful place you've ever seen? And Caroline Pickle told me it was her imagination. So every other week, we kind of divide up um, by inter and have this intergenerational time. So it's fun just to get to know our kids, our youth, and one another. This coming week, we will eat, and then we'll have some age group ministries. Again, if weather is nice, we'll just be outside on the lawn for safety. If weather doesn't permit, we will move in here and space out, space out um, and fellowship inside. Next Sunday, our youth director, Jeff Davison, is getting married. <laughs> He's uh, marrying his fiance, Elizabeth Henry, um, so he'll be out, I'll be out, as they have asked me to do the ceremony. So our guest preacher will be Reverend Chris Brooking Richardson. Um, she'll be here um, to lead you all in worship next Sunday. October 24th is our West Jackson Regional Charge Conference. If you would like to attend that, reach out to me and I will give you the Zoom link. It is via Zoom um, and I have to share. We can't post it because apparently the first regional charge conference Zoom got hacked and I can't tell you what happened, but it's kind of funny. So if you want to see me, I'll tell you in private what happens. So we can't post the link, but if you would like to attend the charge conference, I can get the link to you and uh, you can join us for that charge conference on October 24th. That is just the annual administrative um, business session of the church where we officially elect our leaders, we share what's been going over the past year, and we spend time in worship together. Don't forget that Baptist um, Cancer Center has kind of asked for churches to help with snacks. There's information about when Parkway Hills has signed up to do that in your bulletin. You can take time to read that. And I hope that you mark Halloween, October 31st. We're going to have kind of a church family gathering with our trick-or-treat trail. We debated on whether or not to have it on Halloween, but since Madison moved trick-or-treating to the 30th, we decided just to do it and have some time together on the lawn. Start at 4. There's going to be a staff chili cook-off, so you can come and see which of the staff makes the best chili. Joe and I just read the back of the McCormick seasoning, so ours may taste very similar, but you can still come and have some. 
There'll be some hot dogs available. They'll have the big screen out where we can watch Charlie, uh, Charlie Brown's Halloween. Um, and then, of course, the, the youth will man the trail so the kids can walk around and trick-or-treat um, and do some activities, fun activities with the youth. But everyone will be invited to that, and we hope it'll be a nice evening for the church family to get together and celebrate and celebrate just being together. I think I have said everything. Um, as always, please take time to look through the bulletin, see all that's going on in the life of our church, how you might be able to involve, and pray over those prayer concerns and um, hold those um, on your hearts and minds as you go to God in prayer. But now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day. much Joe I told the early church this morning early service that that was kind of like getting our second cup of coffee 
until you go. And I, I believe at this time of day, it may be our third cup of coffee with a shot of Mountain View in it or something. <laughs> so thank you, Jeff. That's great. Would you please take your, your bulletin and join me in our call to worship? If you would please stand as we read together and read responsibly. Your response is written in the bold. Christ, the one who was and is and is to come, welcomes you to this place. As one body, with one voice, we honor and glorify the giver of wisdom, counsel, knowledge, and joy. Amen. So be it. You will find our opening hymn, our hymn of praise, in the insert in your bulletin. It is a hymn that may not be as familiar to some of you. Some of you may have, we have sung this before, but we have not sung it very often. Um, it's called Welcome, and I think after we get through the first verse, you'll be fine with it.
reading from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 13. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who time I'd like to invite our children forward for children's moment. good me too I'm doing good too I brought a couple of things with me today let me open this so I don't lose my spot um, I brought this sign you see it and then I also brought this what do you think this is a note. it's a note have you ever gotten an invitation to something in the mail yes. like to a birthday party yes. I'm Lila you can sit right there if you want come on sit right there yeah, um, I've got invitations to birthday parties, um, to baby showers. This is one to a wedding, a wedding day brunch. Start with Jackson. Yeah. And it'll be your birthday when you turn five. That's right. Today, just today though, just today. All right, one more. Flower girl, oh. Well, this let's finish. This is an invitation to a wedding day brunch because our youth director is getting married. And I got invited to it. So, who go when you when people send out invitations? Like you have to get this to go, right? You can't just show up at the party, right? You have to get this invitation. Well, I'm gonna let you think about that. You've got to get this invitation. But then I also have this sign. What does this say? Welcome. So I'm going to use this invitation and this sign to talk to something that um, we have learned about who God is and about who we're supposed to be at the church. Do you think God sends out invitations or just puts a welcome sign up? Which one do you think? You think God does both? Okay. You think welcome sign? You said what? You think both? Well, I think God just puts a big old welcome sign up. And you don't have to have an invitation. Yes. That yes. it is just a big welcome sign that God puts up. And that means anyone and everyone, right, is welcome to come and receive God's love and grace. And this is something that we have learned about God um, in Scripture, in the stories in the Bible. We've learned this is part of who God is that God always takes us in no matter what we've done. And we, we heard some of that in the psalm we just read. So I'm going to close with um, that psalm, Psalm 103, said a little differently in this Psalms for Praying for Young Children. So that's going to be our close. And we're gonna, I want you to always remember that this big welcome sign, that's what God puts out for us, just a big welcome sign, not an invitation that we have to get invited to. All right, so y'all repeat after me. This will be our prayer. We're going to pray Psalm 103, okay? Um, you repeat after me. God is so good, 
so kind, and God always forgives me. God loves me like a parent loves his child. For all of this, I say, thank you, God. Amen. Good job. All right, so kids age three through kindergarten, you can go with Miss Laura Pickle to extended session, and the rest of you can go find your seat. I know, so you can go. Y'all should ask, um, ask Joe one day what he thinks about the big welcome signs in front of people's houses. He's not a fan, in case you're wondering. So we read um, Psalm 103 earlier. The kids kind of used it as a reflection point. Um, and I'm going to, in a second, read from Romans 14 and 15. But, but we hold these two passages together because Psalm 103 gives us this picture of a God of love and compassion and mercy, a God who forgives all, all of our iniquities. And I think this, this picture, this image, um, this realization of who God is is carried forward into the New Testament, and especially with, that, with the early church and with Paul, as Paul tries to figure out kind of who is the church of Jesus Christ called to be. So I'm going to read pieces of Romans 14 and 15, and it's, it's kind of lengthy, so hang, hang with me, but just kind of jumping around in those two chapters. But as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, open our understanding that we may receive the word of life. Amen. So beginning in chapter 14, verse 1. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain. Those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall. And they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the living and the dead. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some of you may have um, 
heard people talking about this last Sunday, but um, a week ago, Friday, was Madison Central's homecoming. And in the midst of conversations about dresses and dances and dates and who had to be where at what time, one of my friends and I began chatting about the after parties. And we just kind of lamented that we live in a world where a party for everyone isn't enough that exclusive after parties where only certain people can come also exist. Now, I mean, this isn't new. There were after parties when I was in high school. There's, they're not going away. It's just a thing, a thing that is. But while we were talking about it all, another friend decided to share a story about her daughter. She said her daughter came to her and wanted to know if she could throw a Friendsgiving party. Some of her friends had gotten together, decided they wanted to do this. She had a list of those from the school and for church that would be invited. But she says, then her daughter added, but we can't invite these persons. And they were people who she, her mom considered to be part of the group. Well, my friend said she told her daughter, no, not at my house. Either everyone gets invited or no one does. Her daughter was not happy about this news and said, but mom, if they come, it's not going to be any fun. It has yet to be determined if my friend's house will be the host site of the Friendsgiving party or not. I share these stories um, not as a way to place guilt on anyone for hosting or attending parties with guest lists. Um, I've hosted and attended parties with guest lists. Uh, but to name a truth that exists in our world, um, a truth that is present in the tension that the letter to the Roman churches addresses, that part of the brokenness that exists in our world, in our humanity, is that we do like to categorize. We like to separate. We like to create distinctions, and most of the time, these distinctions are created so that those on top can stay on top by making sure there's someone not on top that they can point to and they can name. I am this because I am not that. Now, we don't have to look really hard or far to see how this works in our world from kind of big up here global problems like immigration and borders and who has the right to what land or to the history of race and the sin of white supremacy in our own country to the inequity in our public school systems to closer to home smaller scale things like which neighborhoods we choose to buy a house in which church we attend which private facebook groups we join or get invited to or for our kids, the one we always hear, you know, who we sit with at lunch or who we invite to our parties. This is part of the story of who we are, and I think the best way to meet it is to acknowledge it as a reality and be mindful of it, especially if it is doing harm. That, and for us as Christians, for us as the church, the body of Christ, to remember we're called to something else. We exist to offer something better. Paul writes the letter to the Romans um, addressing this new Christian movement that was having its own growing pains because the categories were no longer so neatly defined. This early Christian church in the late first century, well, it had very humble beginnings. There were these small gatherings of believers that often met in the houses, in the homes of, of the other members within the capital city of the Roman Empire. At the time, you know, Christian, Christianity was a minority religion. It had its own internal cultural issues. Many of the early Christians were Jewish converts to Christianity. Paul himself was a Jewish Christian. This was all so very new. Now, most scholars believe that these beginning small groups um, that met in homes, they probably were organized based on race and social class and geograph geographical proximity. And well, 
when these little neatly organized small groups would join together to celebrate the Lord's Supper, or when they would begin to invite others to the table, problems would arise. Arguments about what to eat, how to eat, when to eat. You had Jews from various backgrounds, Gentiles from various cultures with different opinions, even about which day you were supposed to set aside to honor God. You had converts from multiple religions, philosophies, cultural traditions. I mean, this early church in Rome was bringing together people from distinct worldviews, economic classes, ethnicities, genders, cultural practices. This was not easy. This is not easy. So Roman churches began to argue about all the things. Dietary laws, rules, regulations. I think it's safe to say that Paul had his own opinions about these things. But Paul, in this part of Romans, he's very pastoral. As we named last week, I mean, Romans is a heavy work. There is some deep theological work going on. And in chapters 14 and 15, Paul kind of listens to all the sides and basically says, my personal opinion on these things matters no more than anyone else's in relation to God's acceptance of believers from all cultures. The matter of living and dying in a way that honors Jesus Christ is ultimately important. God's welcoming of all is what matters What Paul is saying in these chapters is that worshiping God cannot be separated from welcoming others. So all these distinctions and barriers and arguments that we create, they're the opposite of what worship is about. That our work, our work as the body of Christ, well, it's about mutual acceptance, Paul says, about building up the community. It's about pleasing our neighbor rather than pleasing ourselves. It's about sharing life together with one another, and with any and all who come seeking. What Paul envisions is community, a new community, a community founded on the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, a community that kind of looks beyond its own little small group of like-minded believers and out into the vastness of the entire Roman city, the Roman Empire, the world. Last week, we began a new worship series, kind of kicking off a season of stewardship by reminding ourselves of the beginning of Parkway Hills, the beginning story of Parkway Hills. Um, and it had very humble beginnings. Began meeting in the home of Reverend Bruce Taylor, moved to a field house at Madison Central, had one building, then another. I've heard stories of trailers out on the lawn for children to meet in. And here we are today. When I talked to Reverend Bruce Taylor, the founding pastor, just to kind of get a feel for that beginning time, he said that beginning mantra, which we lifted last week, was this, offering a fresh expression of God's love through worship, study, fellowship, and service. We used that last week as we looked at Romans 8 and reminded ourselves of the scandalous, extravagant love of God that Parkway Hills dreamed to share. And this week, and in the weeks to follow, we'll kind of dive deeper into how Parkway Hills envisioned being able to live this out, offering a fresh expression of God's love. And when I talked uh, to Bruce Taylor about those beginning times, I kind of asked him, what are some words, some phrases that you would use to define those early days of Parkway Hills? And the first thing he said to me was that he wanted it to be a safe space for those who had never experienced church. We learn a lot about what it means to be a safe space um, from Paul's words in the chapters of Romans. Do not judge, Paul says. In your work together, please others, not yourselves. Welcome one another, just as Christ welcomed you. So think back to that friends giving story and the mom that said, no private parties, not at my house. Either everyone comes or no one comes. This wasn't an act just about being nice or not hurting someone's feelings. 
for this mom, this was a vision for how she, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, was choosing to live out her faith because of the difference a simple invitation could make in someone else's life. There's an article I read last week called The Art of Invitation, and it talked about the importance of being invited, how invitation is an integral part of the faith experience, not just for those invited, but for those doing the inviting. And the article said, you know, is the body of Christ our model of invitation? It comes from Jesus. Forget the birthday parties or the wedding and baby shower invites where those doing the inviting receive something. I know for myself, I sent out a ton of high school graduation invitations because I knew more than likely I was going to get something back. There's no um, RSVP or an RSVP is expected. No, the article says with Jesus, there is this selfless invitation, arms outstretched, focused on what the recipient can get instead of the sender. Invitation in the church is about the difference we feel the invitation can make in someone else's life. Knowing you are bigger, you're a part of something bigger than yourself, knowing you matter simply because you are a human being created in the image of God, the church existing as a safe space to seek, to question, to experience God's love and community, extending an invitation into the transformational life of Jesus Christ. Paul had a huge cosmic vision for the gospel. In early Christianity, it was just this Jewish project in an overwhelmingly Gentile world. And the looming issue for the early church had to do primarily with boundaries, boundaries between Jews and Gentiles. The pressure for the church to push out into the Gentile world was enormous. But how would this happen? Where does Judaism fit in? What does this mean for Jews and Gentiles? How do we live this out? Paul, as I said, does some deep work in Romans. But in 14, chapters 14 and 15, he kind of says that it's simple. There would be no boundary or wall of separation, but rather this graft onto a living vine, Israel as the vine, the church as the graft, and the dream, the dream is that this vine would grow and spread and cover and maybe even be a little unruly as vines are known to be. An invitation, invitation was an important, important piece of the puzzle. You know, Parkway Hills can be a safe space. We can commit to creating a safe space but we don't just sit here waiting for others to show up. No, we practice the art of selfless invitation, expecting nothing in return. We commit to inviting and to being a presence here in this space so that when others do join us, we can live into the opportunity we have been given to share a God who is love by being a community of love. I decided uh, one of the best ways to kind of begin to sum this up is a story in um, a children's Bible, the way that Archbishop Tutu kind of shares um, how the disciples go out to spread the news. So I'm going to share this with you. It says, God converts many of the disciples spread the good news. It comes from the book of Acts. It says, every day. The disciples went out into the street telling everyone they met that Jesus was alive and that, and that he was bringing God's love and peace to the world. They invited everyone to turn away from, from doing wrong and become part of God's dream with Jesus. A crippled beggar outside the temple called out to Peter, Have pity on me. Give me money so I can eat. Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. Peter touched the beggar and his legs became strong. He leapt to his feet and jumped for joy, praising God. More and more people joined the new church. 
Some people sold their houses and their land. Everyone shared whatever they had with those who had nothing. They were filled with joy and love for one another and love for God. They became one big happy family, sharing everything together, just like God had always dreamed it could be. You know, we don't invite um, because we're just trying to be nice. We don't extend the table because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or leave someone out. We don't need to offer some watered down, oh yes, everyone is welcome, everyone matters slogan without really living it out or unpacking what that means. We believe the story of Jesus Christ matters. That Jesus offers us something. That as Archbishop Tutu says, we believe. Jesus brought love and peace to the world. The early church, they invited everyone to turn away from doing wrong and become part of God's dream. With Jesus, more and more people joined. Some sold their houses and their land. Everyone shared what they had with all those who had nothing. They were filled with joy and love for everyone and for God. They became one big happy family, sharing everything together, just like God always dreamed. Now I'll give you, maybe that one big happy family is a little too Hallmark Christmas movie-ish. But a dream, a dream that God has for God's people, the kingdom of God begun in the work of Jesus Christ. For me, this dream is worth supporting, worth practicing, worth my presence in this place, worth my time and my money. The vision of Parkway Hills to be a safe space for those who have never experienced church, this is a dream worth of our time and our money. Paul had a huge cosmic vision of the gospel, a community sharing life based on the sacrificial love of Jesus, a community that we say, doesn't judge, as Paul says, pleases others, not ourselves, and welcomes one another, just as Christ has welcomed us. May it be so. Amen. As we respond to God's word, we come to a time of prayer um, to reflect on all that we have heard, but also to hold, hold in love um, all those that we hold in prayer this day. I thought it was fitting just to begin this time in confession, knowing that we don't fully live into this vision, this dream of God for God's world, but we lift that, we hold that, and we know that through the work of the Spirit, we can live into who God calls us to be. So we'll begin in confession, and there will be space for you to lift names of those that you hold heavy on your heart and mind this day. But now, let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, we confess that we have failed to live in harmony with our sisters and brothers. We have been self-righteous in our attitudes, closed-minded in our beliefs, and judgmental in our opinions. We have shunned those whose ways we do not understand, and we have despised those who do not endorse our convictions. Forgive our sins of discord and conceit and heal our divisiveness and quarreling. Help us to be charitable in our regard for others that we may dwell in peace with Christ. For we know that you are a God who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We know that as we come to you in this space that you are here, you are with us, that we can lift 
all that we hold heavy on our hearts and minds to you, release it to you, and you renew us to begin again, to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. But God, we come to you today also holding heavy on our hearts and minds those that we love. We pray for those who are sick or in trouble. May you heal their disease, relieve their distress, and return to them the joy of salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who suffer the violence of war or natural disaster. Bring an end to violence that destroys human flourishing. Help us to live in peace with our neighbor and enable us to dwell in harmony with the earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for children and for all who depend upon the support of others. Protect the vulnerable, shelter the weak, and give strength and wisdom to those who care for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for elected officials and for civil servants. Stir up in them a desire for justice. Enable them to fulfill their responsibilities with integrity and drive from them any spirit of selfish gain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for pastors and teachers and your disciples and all the saints who lead your church. Grant them wisdom to know your truth and give them courage to live as faithful disciples of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, you have crowned us with steadfast love and mercy. We know you receive our prayers. And now in this space, either silently or aloud, we lift the names of those we love into your loving arms. Receive our prayers and help us to trust your goodness through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Our closing hymn is Together We Serve. It is an insert in your bulletin. Um, I'll invite you to put your mask back on if you have taken those off as we sing this song together. Um, I'm going to let uh, Joe play through it once. Y'all want to play through it once so we can hear it? I'm going to let them play through it once before we jump into sing. But I invite you to stand together as we sing, Together We Serve.
remind you that our offering basket is in the back um, for your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings so that we can um, continue to simply offer a safe space for any and all who come um, seeking community, um, seeking God, um, asking questions. Um, that your gifts enable us to be that space. You were supposed to get your stewardship flyer in the mail last week. Um, it did not happen. It is supposed to go out this week. So be on the lookouts for that um, stewardship flyer, kind of reminding you of where we are, telling the story of Parkway Hills, um, and reminding us that we've got one more year to pay off the debt. So may we finish strong and stay strong. Um, and Consecration Sunday is November 7th for you to return those pledge cards. Um, I feel like I have forgotten to say something that I wanted to say. Oh, well, I'll remember it when I walk out of here and don't see you people. So. But let us now share this benediction. It is the prayer that is under the story from the children's Bible that, um, that I read from, and I just think it's a beautiful way to end and a beautiful, simple prayer for us to carry. So we will say this one to another. Let us share this benediction. Dear God, help us to share our love for you. Amen. Amen.